How's everyone doing tonight? Good? Good. Lots of smiles. All right, Jerry, we are streaming on YouTube. Hey, excellent. I'll open meeting. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for participating uh, tonight. Order, do you want to do the um, housekeeping message for our Zoom? Yes, I will offer a simplified housekeeping. Um, just a reminder to mute yourself when you're not participating to avoid background noises. I may mute or unmute people as needed. Um, as far as video goes, because it's a small group, you can just leave your video on. That's great. Um, we are broadcasting and recording to YouTube. Um, and we have people watching us there as well. We do not have any guests in the um, Zoom meeting at this point, and nobody registered, so I don't anticipate that. Um, and I think that's it, and I'll turn it back to Jerry. Okay, great. So it looks like I have 7.33 to call. We'll call the meeting to order officially. And I have a list that I'm going to use to do the roll call rather than uh, going through the windows in, in, my, uh, in the order that I have them. So, uh, Christina Walker. Here. Nice. Joshua Fallleaf. I not see Joshua. Marlo, I do not see Marlo. Denise? Here. Doesn't. Mary? Hi, Mary. James? Here. Sarah? See Sarah Nett. Jordan? Here. Hi, Jordan. Dina? Here. Hello. And Daniel. Howdy. All right. And myself, Jerry Johnson. I'm present. Uh, so the first order that we have is to approve the minutes from February the 10th. I hope everyone had a chance to read through those. Um, I, I just had one comment that I wanted to throw out there. Um, with my full appreciation as a person who in all my years on this commission has only taken notes one time and it was brutally awful and probably the worst job ever done at taking notes. <laughs> I'm going to risk uh, saying and understanding that everyone has a different style and everything. I felt like um, we all the topics were covered and everything. I, um, just wanted to throw it out to the group. I sometimes we do brainstorming in this uh, meeting, and, and this group has a lot of creative ideas and so on and so forth. And so I just, I mean, we have it on video, so we can go back and and look uh, at it, and and maybe that's maybe that's good enough. Um, I'll let you guys sort of decide. But I I I noticed that some of the brainstorming stuff wasn't in there, and I realized that's probably the hardest part to capture. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that out uh, to folks for uh, uh, for discussion. Otherwise, I had no issues with uh, with the the minutes, and yeah. And I just so people understand, I explained to Jordan 
as we've shifted to this new um, online pl platform called iCompass. Um, other board meetings are doing are doing their minutes in iCompass, which is really not about narrative. It's really just tracking action. So that's how I coached Jordan, who did exactly what I ex you know, explained to her. Um, so, but I'm, I think with Jer talking to Jerry too, I think that there is wisdom in finding a happy medium um, so that we have enough explanation of what was going on. And you know, the other challenge we've had is we've had people like Christina and others who have done such a fantastic job um, with such clear narrative that we've been spoiled. <laughs> so um, I think we can find a happy medium here. And I can post our minutes differently than other boards, given that there is a lot of dialogue. Okay. No, if there is uh, no other discussion on that, then. Hang on, I did, Jordan, did you want to chime in? What, you, what you're comfortable with? Yeah, no, um, I just added that to my notes. Uh, I'll include more of the, um, the narrative sections for uh, this meeting's minutes. Thank you for Great. the notes, guys. Thank you. Uh, do we need to note that Marlo and Joshua have joined us for the roll call? Duly noted. All right. Uh, can I have a motion? I would entertain a motion to approve the minutes from February 10th. I'll motion Thank to you. approve. Thank you. Second. Yes, Mary. All in favor can raise a hand. And I see all hands raised. Great. Everyone raise their hands. Everyone raise their hand. So the minutes are approved. We've, we've already had a successful meeting. It's fantastic. Um, Porter, any word on the uh, Director of Equity and Inclusion being able to join us tonight? So I did invite Ferris, and he tentatively agreed, but I fear that he has been pulled in a different direction. Okay. Um, he really wants to meet with you all and, and spend a little time. So I'm sure we can get him on a future agenda. Um, and he sends his regrets for tonight. And he may magically appear at some point, And if so, we can introduce him at that point. Great. We, we are excited to hear from him and welcome him at any time that, uh, that we can have him join us. Uh, Jerry, uh, I just wanted to add that if, if we need to have... If, if for some reason our scheduled um, meetings um, conflict with his schedule, um, I'd certainly be willing to amend my schedule to just meet, you know, for a short unofficial meet and greet. Hello, how are you? Here's what we do um, sort of a thing. And so I, I, I'd propose that as an option That's as well, if, that, if yeah. that helps us to connect with one another. Yeah, I, I would be for sure uh, flexible to uh, to accommodate that kind of that kind of meeting just to, to get to spend some time uh, with him. I will convey that and see what his situation is. Thanks. Okay. All right. The next thing up, we have a uh, donated art proposal, which uh, was familiar to me, um, and then I saw the dates on the paperwork and. 
um, it was quite quite a while ago, but I think we've talked about it more recently than than August of 20, 2020. I I have to beg forgiveness from everybody, including Robert and Lynette, on this because um, it it came you know in the midst of a lot of craziness. <laughs> And so I wasn't able to get to it. I didn't, my understanding was that it's not, it wasn't a big priority for them. And then frankly, I just, you know, then we had our um, retreat in January. So anyway, I'm really happy to get it to you all now. Um, It's long overdue. And I think um, whatever, you know, response we can give them is appreciated. Um, So I don't believe, I think I may have mentioned it, but I don't think we've really delved into it. So Porter, I'm going to give you my... Uh, recollection of how this stuff works and and I encourage you to jump in and and slap the back of my hand when I'm wrong but I I mean essentially what we what we do is we make a recommendation to the city whether to accept this correct correct and and it seems to me that we would make that recommendation once we sort of maybe had an idea of where it would go or uh, I mean, I, I, I guess there's a list of things we would want to know, right? Where would it go and how's it, uh, I mean, indoor versus outdoor has got to be a, a huge thing. Uh, but then how it gets maintained, you know, what it, what it needs to be maintained, all, you know, all of those sort of items seem to me to be important. And they may be, um, I don't think we have the same kind of contract for this as we do for like the murals and everything, but maybe maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm remembering that incorrectly. When, you know, each artwork tends to be somewhat idiosyncratic depending on if it's sculpture, mural, that type of thing. Um, You're exactly right. You know, it's your task as the professionals in this area to evaluate the circumstances and make the, you know, the best decision on behalf of the city. And frankly, the artist and, you know, the art art owners, um, is this the best option? Um, maintenance is certainly a factor because nothing lasts forever and you know we don't have maintenance budget um, and we have other artworks that we are responsible for so that's a that's an earnest consideration Um, I'm a big fan obviously of Walt and artists so I have you know the greatest respect for these artists Um, I have some concern that yeah I'm not sure where a piece like this could go based on their um, submittal here they do say it could be indoors or outdoors although i have reservations about putting this in a public outdoor situation if it were in an outdoor situation maybe covered um, like a back patio or something like that that would be one thing but uncovered in a public um, area makes me a little more cautious um, both because of you know just wear and tear but also potential vandalism right so, so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of dive into the the wear thing a little bit with this. I mean, is it is it on us to <laughs> to find a spot for? I, first of all, I think this thing is fantastic, and and I think it's a very generous gift on their part. And and as you say, the the artist is, um, well, I mean, the piece. I think this piece speaks for uh, for for itself with in that regard. But I mean, is is it up to this body? Uh, you know, to sort of shop a home for it. You know, I don't mean to be uh, 
uh, oversimplified or whatever, but how, how do we go about that? I would say it would be if we thought this was a great fit for somewhere in the city, then, you know, that would be our next step. And I think you're right. Before we accept anything, we would have to determine, you know, where is an appropriate site and, and is it, you know, is it viable to put it there? Um, you know, quite honestly, and I say this with the greatest respect to my employer, um, I'm not sure the city is the best place to be collecting donated artwork. You know, that's not what we do. Um, so I think that said, you know, there's a few people on this call that have some expertise in this area too. They might have some thoughts. So if we were able to find it at home, that would be okay. But no, I don't believe it's our responsibility to do that. I mean, you know, so it's a, you know, it's a large piece. Um, you know, so I'm thinking, well, where, I mean, where, you know, you know, and I've recently spent some time out at the, the new medical facility, which I think is a part owned by the city and it has these vast open spaces where something like this could could absolutely be um, shown lots of people would see it uh, it would have its own sort of breathing room there and, and that kind of thing um, that's just the first thing that popped into my head um, so let's just say for example we thought that was a good idea what I mean would would we then approach? I, I'm not sure how, uh, you know, would we approach the city with that or that facility? I, I don't know how that would I would probably reach out to a contact at LMH and explain the situation and make the appropriate introduction um, and, and explore that possibility. I mean, I'm willing to do that. So that's an interesting concept. Um, okay. I mean, I was just using it as, as an example because that's what I, I had thought of. I would uh, like to be quiet for a few minutes and hear if anybody else has any thoughts or ideas about that. I, ha I have just a, just a couple, uh, which is um, if, if the artists say that it's, it's available for outdoor space, then I, I, I trust that they'll, <clears throat> that they, that they know that they'll with, that the piece will withstand the elements. Um, secondly, you know, I, th I think all public art um, stands to um, uh, be victim to vandalism. And, and I, I don't think that should be a deterrent. Um, <clears throat> and then at the same time, uh, if people are giving art to the city, I think it's wonderful if, if, if we are able to accept and find those places. And so if I, I think like Jerry was saying, if there's a process by which we can, I, I guess, uh, make available, like here's, here's a piece that was donated to the city who would like to, uh, is, is there any place, any space, any organization who would like to present this? Um, or, 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 or even, uh, perhaps other other spaces, I guess not public, um, but I but I hesitate to be resistant or hesitant to uh, um, welcoming that donation of of public art when we as a city uh, like to value that and should value that. So that's my that's my two cents. 
Thank you. Anybody else? I have an opinion. I'm not sure that it's up to the city to go to the hospital, let's say, or any other venue. I mean, I really think it's up to the donors to find out. That's just my opinion, whether there's a home at LMH West or not. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I agree. I, I think maybe Denise, the, the way that I would look at that is that that we would work with them. We we wouldn't want to put it somewhere that they that they didn't think was the right spot for it. Uh, but we also wouldn't want to say, hey, we we reject your um, your donation form because it doesn't say that you you've already agreed to a location for it. At least I don't think we would. Right. I think that in the future, I'm not talking about this particular donation, but in the future, I think it, we may want to look at this policy of accepting artwork. Okay. Yeah. I, I just want to add that that's an excellent point. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if, uh, <clears throat> if we should be able to... If, if we should have to do that and, and, and do that work and find that space. And so thank you, Denise, for those, those comments. I, yeah. That, that was really, really good. And I, and, and I think that can help determine whether or not the city can accept a piece or not. Um, if a, a recipient has already been identified, maybe that's some of the criteria. Is this second? Uh, can you put the uh, back up, Porter? Tell me where. Uh, first page. It says available upon death or estate downsize. So it's almost like a, I'll probably use the wrong word here, but bequeath, you know, bequeath, is that the right word? <laughs> Sorry. Bequeath, yeah. Yeah, um, so you know, um, Walt contacted me about this before they submitted this and asked me okay. how to do this. And that's when I sent them the information about the form and they filled it out. And they are, you know, just doing um, advanced estate planning. Downsizing. That's that's also why I knew it wasn't urgent because it's not urgent happily. <laughs> um, but this is what they're doing, and so yeah, they're they're you know they're being very respectful to the artist and the artwork and trying to make sure it has a good home. And you all remember that Walt um, was one of the two artists that made the um, um, awards for the Phoenix Award when we had it at Theater Lawrence, and they had a beautiful exhibition at Theater Lawrence as well. I don't know the history uh, of this um, policy, but it made it sound from reading the form that it was um, a... Uh, you know, a, a policy that's in place, and maybe there are some uh, requirements that are that are not seen here. 
but maybe um, modifying the um, procedure for this to include something where the the donors um, uh, be a little bit more specific or maybe do a little bit more of the legwork, I want to say, to find an appropriate place that pleases the donor and the recipient in advance might be a good um, might be a good thing to add to the to this um, to this procedure or policy. And again, I, I forgive me if I um, if if I don't I don't know the background about it, but I was just thinking maybe having that clearer in the donation form might be helpful. I think you're, you're right, Dina. We, we we did this for the mural policy a few years ago, and and I think Denise is right. This one could probably use some further refinement so that so that the folks do come with an idea of where it would go. You can't just back the truck up and put it on the front porch of City Hall um, because invariably, if we chose a place without asking them or working with them, even even if that wasn't there, then we would probably disappoint someone. So I agree with you and Denise uh, and Joshua on that, that, that we could, that this form could probably use a little bit more um, attention, maybe maybe really in the vein of, of, the, uh, of the mural thing because the mural policy, because it, it talks about sort of the dispensation of things and the care and what happens after a certain amount of time and all of that stuff. I mean, this kind of piece, you can look at it and say, well, if we put that in the lobby of LMH West, it could sit there for a hundred years, you know, as long as the building and probably wouldn't suffer, uh, you know, it wouldn't uh, fall apart on, on, on its own or, or whatever, but uh, maybe not every piece would, would be like that. And, um, so I, we can spend some time on that. I had and just, another. Just as a reminder, just want to make you're all aware that at, at lawrencechaos.org forward slash public art, this is where the donated art guidelines exist. So this would be the policy that you'd want to explore. Um, and, you know, this is a, um administrative policy um, that was developed in 2001. So it's it's, you know, probably time to take a look at it but it does have a fair amount of good information and quite frankly this is so sporadic and you know unique I think this is the only the second or third donation request I've seen in my almost six years here so that's part of the challenge is the city I don't think is typically the first place that somebody looks there may be misunderstanding sometimes that by giving it to the city it's going to you know the broader city and not the city government um, for clarity. So you know all those things play in, and I just don't know. I was going to get some direction from you all, and then I can reach out to um, these folks and and you know share information, get more information, that type of thing. So just so everybody's up to, up to speed, because I know we have several new new folks here too. You know, really, if it's a request, they're giving it to to the entity that they would like it to be assigned to. And then as a response, our obligation is simply to say, yes, it can be accepted or no, we don't want it. 
I mean, that, that's the way it generally is with any nonprofit. You, you, um, you don't have to take something that is offered to you. Right. But also, I wouldn't want to take it without knowing where it was going to go. Or I wouldn't want to recommend, that's our job, right, as, a, uh, as an advisory committee. I wouldn't want to recommend to the city that we accept this generous gift without uh, at least some sort of understanding of, of, of where it would go. I, I think we should make ourselves available to work with them to find a place. It doesn't sound like it's urgent. And I think we have some ideas. And then I think as a side note, what I'm hearing is that maybe, maybe we should review this, uh, that order, whatever it was, 81 or, or whatever, and maybe borrow a little bit from the mural uh, uh, rule as far as like making sure we're it's tidy with respect to ongoing uh, care and, and maintenance and so forth. One thought that I have is that hospitals, LMH West and others, I mean, LMH West already has art on the wall so there probably is some kind of board, a review board that has looked at the possibility, you know, at works and approves pieces. So there's probably review that would need to be done from the hospital's part. Yeah. That situation is unique in that the art center curates that exhibition. There's some rotating exhibitions in that space and then there's some permanent collection as well. So, but I, I kind of lean on the side of like us not facilitating that and maybe just giving some ideas and say, hey, you know, here's some ideas, whether you would like to contact the art center. It seems like in that application, they said theaters, museums, et cetera. So maybe, you know, they contact Theater Lawrence, see if they want it, the art center, Spencer, you know, like, but I don't necessarily think it's our job to, you know, Place make it. those. Yeah. Unless it was a city building that they were specific and they're like, you know, this would look amazing in city hall. Then I would feel comfortable to say, hey, that's our jurisdiction. But I feel like we can have some suggestions say, hey, here's a great idea. You can contact, you know, the art center. They have an exhibition staff. You can contact uh, Theodore Lawrence because they have the exhibition space. You can talk to the Spencer, you know, and so just give it a, but you know, not putting the legwork on Porter for that. I don't know. I just feel uncomfortable with us, you know, taking that on as a side gig. I don't know. It feels weird. It also establishes a precedent. That's true. And we know how problematic that can be. Well, if, uh, if that, I mean, if that's really the direction we want to go, we then we need to amend our form so that it says we, we want it to go here. Not we, our body, the people who are making the donation, right? Yeah, I like Porter's, you know, language about is it the city at large or is it city property? You know, so maybe having some language in there about that. 
And then if it's city property, it feels like it'd be under the Cultural Arts Commission. If it's just citywide, then it's up to that donor to connect with that venue that they might want to have that piece located. And that may be as simple as, as adjusting the donation form. Um, well, obviously, it's a good idea to look at the policy, but I don't know if we have to make a major policy change to adjust the um, the donation application form and just you know clarify what exists. And again, we're not a collecting institution, so it's not like we have abundant places where we can show art in a in a safe and good way. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm, um, I understand, I get it. Uh, I'm just a little bit nervous about people's perception of who they're giving it to. I mean, we, we ran into a lot of trouble with that, with the murals. Because it does become city art when it's on the, when it's on the wall, no matter what wall it's on and people are moved by it and have very, very strong attachments uh, to those things. Could this well, be something that the public art committee takes a look at that policy to determine whether changes needed to be made or if it was as simple as modifying a form? I think so. I think that's it's a good idea. And, you know, just for clarity too, when we do, we, we did accept the, a uh, triptych painting from um, Van Gogh several years ago now. Um, that is in City Hall, and um, you know, part of that is a very clear agreement between both parties as to the circumstances. In that case, um, you know, I think we determined that the city really wasn't appropriate to own that artwork, so it's on very long-term loan to the city. And if the city ever decides that it needs to move it because that space is going to be used for different purpose then we go back to um, Van Gogh and they have the right of refusal to say, we'll either take it back or you can dispose of it. So, you know, those things, I think that's part of the challenge with art is art can last a really long time and it does become sometimes beloved. Um, so being mindful of the long term and very clear on what is the agreement and understanding, um, you know, in 10 years down the road or 20 or whatever. So all that is part of this process as well. Uh, so just to try to focus a little bit on what our action is with respect to this, I, I don't think we're at a place where we can make a recommendation to the city whether or not to accept this, right? Does everyone agree? Yeah. Um, so the one action that I heard was that the public, uh, sorry, the um, public art uh, subcommittee will will take a look at this. Um, and then Porter, maybe pending their changes, we can go back to the donor and have them use the new form, which hopefully we can get. Uh, and, and maybe when we do that, we can communicate to them an idea or two that they could pursue for, for a place for it. Not, I'm not saying do it ourselves, just 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, in this case, again, the artist reached out to me, so I completely agree with Mary, and I really appreciate her protecting my time. Um, in this case, also because it's taken a while, I think I will call them and just explain the circumstances and just offer some thoughts um, and, you know, go from there. And then I can say, you know, because I, 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 I don't know that changing the form or anything is going to make the outcome different. Um, so if that's agreeable, I'm happy to, to have a conversation with them and at least explain the circumstances and offer other thoughts. And, you know, quite frankly, this is on a public agenda. So if anybody here had any thoughts and wanted to share this information with someone, that could be done as well. I would, I would just add that I, uh, I agree with kind of what's been determined. And, and I think that that, that, that that dialogue is important. And if, if possible, um, amending the form in coordination with, you know, folks who have don donated before, I think that would be um, helpful in terms of, of helping to define where that might be. You know, I, uh, there's a million different art pieces that I think, you know, the city would love to accept, but doesn't quite fit the aesthetic or mood of whatever space somebody is creating. Um, and we'd love to have it, but we just don't have a place for it. So there, then where would it go? Um, so I think, again, like to save Porter and others or, or another subcommittee, the the work of having to go find a place for this, you know, an amazing work of art. Um, I, 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 I think that's, that's challenging. I think it's a, a little too much, but I think some coordination, some dialogue would be helpful, uh, both for the city and for the artists, um, just to have that, have that conversation. I agree with Joshua. Any other things, comments from anyone before we move on? All right. Uh, next item on the agenda is the uh, uh, statement that uh, I think Jordan and, and uh, Sarah uh, drafted uh, after the January 6th events. Uh, we, we tabled that last time, mostly for time. Um, Prior to last meeting, the city had issued a statement. Um, Jordan, any, uh, I guess I'll uh, appeal to you for, you know, where, where you guys are at with, with that. Uh, do we want to press on with it or what, what are your thoughts? Um, I think it is still important uh, that we uh, I think in, in previous meetings, we've mentioned uh, that we might not need to address specifically um, the insurrection on January 6th, uh, just because so much time will have passed by the time we finish, um, that it would look a bit like too little too late, um, or that we're not taking it seriously, um, as we should. So I think the last time we spoke about this as a committee, um, we all agreed that the draft statement that Sarah and I wrote needs some editing um, just so that we can make it a little bit more um, 
applicable to the everyday roles of the LCAC um, and less targeted towards addressing specifically that insurrection. Because the whole um, the whole point of the draft that Sarah and I wrote was that um, it's important to address white supremacy in our community and um, reassure artists and creatives and the community at large um, that that has no place in Lawrence, Kansas or, or won't be legitimized in um, creative circles and in, in the city. Um, so in that regard, the draft statement that we, uh, that we sent Porter, um, it's got a lot of revision uh, we could do to make it a little bit more applicable, but I do think it is still super important that we talk about it um, and that we publish something. So, so would you all, uh, so noting that, that, that you guys, you know, this was, you know, uh, you know, produced right around those events and everything. Would, would mm-hmm. you all like the opportunity then to, to go ahead and make those edits uh, and, and then bring those back to the group? Um, as long as uh, Porter gives the okay, because I know there was concern about coma. Um, so Porter, would that be all right? Or should we um, move this to one of the, the subcommittees or would it be all right if Sarah and I um, clean it up and bring it back? I, um, uh, one thought I have initially is this, this is different, a different approach than I think boards have taken in the past. So I guess one of the questions, one is I think it's, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's important to talk about this. I think it's important to have this information. As a staff person and liaison, I'm just not sure where it goes um, because this is an advisory board to the city commission. And so you're, you're mm-hmm. creating a statement on behalf of one board and I'm just not sure what to do with that. So I, I would say that I would like to have a little more direction from the board and however you want to proceed. And I do think a committee working on this, whether that committee is just you two or a a larger committee um, makes sense to to get clarity on what's the intent behind this and where where does something like this need to go as a benefit to the city? Is this something that you want to take to the city commission for some sort of a, a review and approval? Or so I'm just, that's where I'm a little confused as a staff person, not quite sure what to do with this. I think the last time we um, brought it up, which now that I think about it was the January retreat. Um, I think it was Joshua who, uh, let me just get my thoughts in order. Um, I think it was Joshua who said that this might be a great opportunity to uh, kind of almost reaffirm our mission statement in a way. Um, So that's kind of uh, the direction I thought we were heading. Um, but again, it has been two months since we last talked about this as a committee. Um, but that would be, uh, I think the direction that we were going also, um, not to put you on the spot, Joshua, but I do remember, uh, in January that you said that there might be people interesting, interested in editing this, um, with us. So, uh, would we need to form a subcommittee tonight to, um, include anybody who's not Sarah or I who wants to help out with that or um, or what? Well, I, 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 do, I do recall supporting um, 
making a statement and whether the city commission um, approves or adopts it or issues it on behalf of its, you know, the city commission itself, that'd be great. Um, but I think even acknowledging, you know, I think uh, this, the Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission's position on these matters is still relevant as well. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I would be, I would continue to be happy to help in, in any way, shape or form to, to make sure we take a stand, to make sure we're not silent on it. <clears throat> um, I think, you know, there's always the risk of, of being um, of negative and, and, you know, we don't like this and this is unacceptable and this, but I think affirming, as, as Jordan said, affirming our values, our mission, our, our position on a lot of these matters, um, you know, especially as it relates to art, um, and, and where we come from with this, you know, you can, you can denounce a lot of hatefulness uh, by affirming the opposite, you know, something positive, something inclusive. And I think this was what motivated me or interested in, interested me in talking to the um, inclusion and, and, um, and diversity uh, uh, director. I can't remember his title or whatever, but yeah, I, I really wanted to have that conversation with him um, so that we were kind of unified in similar language, um, similar positivity um, that affirms that this is a place that welcomes all. Um, and by welcoming all, we diminish, denounce, and, and you know, exclude those who, um, who try to overrun and who try to um, exclude and be aggressive and hateful and, and unaccepting. Um, so I, I'm, I continue to be welcoming of, of that opportunity to, to help craft and write and have those conversations just as uh, Jordan uh, rightly remembers. Um, that Can I jump in with a question here? I was not at the strategic planning thing and, and I certainly applaud the spirit of what you are all saying, but and 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 I um, I appreciate it, and I think probably at the time in January it was it was at the forefront of of everyone's uh, consciousness. As we look at it in March, is there a way that we can um, move it forward? by attaching it to, to something that the city's already considering. And, and Porter, you might have some better insights into this. The city is, is in the process of uh, redoing its strategic planning. And I know that there is a section in that strategic plan that particularly addresses equity and inclusion and all of the things that you've been discussing. And Possibly, Porter, would be there be a way that um, this group could formally endorse something related to what is what is coming forward in that plan? Because that way we'd be we'd be kind of hanging on um, to something that's already happening and moving that forward and staying within our role as a as an advisory committee. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. That's that's good wisdom. And this is great to talk about. And Joshua actually 
got me thinking about something too. So for everybody, um, again, lawrenceks.org forward slash strategic dash plan is the strategic plan page. And as you'll remember from my presentation um, last month, um, Mary is absolutely right and I give her extra credit and a big star because she's memorized part of the strategic plan which is impressive. Um, one of the um, commitments, there are six commitments and five outcomes. One of the commitments is equity and inclusion. And um, what that says is fair and impartial delivery of services so that no group is disadvantaged or burdened along with having inclusive representation and participation for all. And then a statement, inclusion and racial equity drive the culture of our organization and our community. When we intentionally prioritize race, it can no longer be used to predict life outcomes and outcomes are improved for all. We remove systemic barriers to reconcile historic injustices and their continued presence in our work. So this is embedded as part of our um, strategic plan, one. Two, Joshua just got me thinking. Um, Ferris, as you probably all know, Ferris hasn't been here all that long, and bless his heart, he started in the midst of the pandemic, um, so most of his work here has been done virtually. Um, but he is also in the process of taking over as the staff liaison for the Human Resources Commission. Um, and I would dare say that this, you know, what, what I'm hearing thus far in intention, I understand being on the cultural side, but it's certainly on the human um, resources side too, or human relations, excuse me, I'm confusing my resource and relations. So, you know, I think that's really interesting is to possibly um, coordinate some sort of um, meeting between the two boards with, you know, committees meeting between the two boards and talking further about, you know, where, where might something like this go. So I think that, you know, that's a great idea. I appreciate both of those perspectives. And I, Mary, I agree, you know, one option may be just how would this tie into the strategic plan? And I'm sure that Dr. Muhammad would have some thoughts on that too. Could it also be uh, indicated on the cultural plan? I know we, in the strategic planning committee, we did discuss the opportunity of revisiting some language. And I do like a lot of the language in Jordan and Sarah's letter, which is a little bit more direct than some of the language in the strategic plan. And I'm also wondering in the cultural art grants, you know, I thought we've done a great job of having parts of the cultural plan represented in those grant guidelines. Could something, you know, using some of the language from the letter be used in the cultural plan and hence the grant guidelines? So it's a little bit more of a direct connect. That's, you know, that's the work of a committee to determine. I think that's certainly an option as well. That's what I hope understands. I'm not, you know, as far as what this says and the intention behind it, I'm all for it. My struggle is knowing where does this belong in this, the broader structure of the, the city and the art commission and all the other boards and commissions. That's what I'm trying to understand. And it sounds like maybe some conversations might help guide that too. And I do like that idea of, you know, how Joshua said, instead of just kind of saying reactive, like we don't like this, we're having an action point. So we're saying here, you know, we invite grant or projects to apply for our community art grants that will respond to these issues. So something, you know, where it's a less than just a statement that would just live on the website, it would be more of something that could be integrated into programs. 
I will add that the mission as developed... The new strategic plan is we create a community where all enjoy life and feel at home. I think also, I mean, we touch on that in our, uh, in this body's mission statement. There's, there's some language along those lines. It may not be as strong as, as what's now in the strategic plan, what, what uh, Sarah Jordan's uh, letter had. And, and maybe, maybe we want to look at that and make sure we're in alignment. Um, that language is in alignment with, uh, uh, with, with those things as well. The other area that we can look at within that is that I think within each of those areas of the strategic plan, they're currently working on the key performance indicators. Oh. And that might be a, an area that could be added. Basically, how do you measure um, if you're moving in the direction that you want to um, on some strategy and or action? So what I hear, you know, in summary is, is that we, you know, we make sure we're aligning with those aspects of uh, cultural, cultural plan, strategic plan. We should probably throw in the, the city's letter as well, right? I mean, the city made a, made a statement uh, after, after the sixth. Um, and, and again, I think we say this every meeting, but, but make sure that our, um, mission, you know, and our, our efforts are aligned with, with those, those things. Well, I, I would just add that, you know, I, I, I think we're all in agreement in, in the denunciation of those actions that, that took place. Um, and to make a, a statement is great. Um, but to follow through with action, I mean, you need to make that statement, but you need to follow up on that. And I think the um, the city's uh, hiring of the of a I looked it up while I was <laughs> listening uh, the director of <clears throat> of equity and inclusion um, it is a commitment. I mean, I think that is I think that is a representative of the city's commitment to doing that. <clears throat> and I think we should be very 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 strong on that front. I mean, I think that's that's who we are. That's what we believe. And even from an artistic perspective from a cultural arts perspective, um, we need to push that point home, even if, you know, we, we can't just make a statement. And so I, I appreciate Mary's um, uh, contribution about attaching it to maybe more current things, even though, <laughs> even though just, I think recently, what, what, I think it was QAnon who was saying that this was the date in March that, Trump was going to take over again, and so they increased the increased the security around the Capitol. Um, so it's, it hasn't gone away, and it's not going away. Um, but I do think moving forward, action steps do need to be um, taken uh, within a strategic plan. So, Porter, um, can we ask you to reach out to? Um to Dr. Muhammad about, I guess, in your in your discussion about when we can get together, um, 
but also bring up the topic of of the human relations group and and us uh i don't know having i like the idea of having a joint meeting that sounds like fun um to uh you know to talk about maybe the best way to express those those ideas Yeah, I think um, before you have a joint meeting, it probably makes sense if there was a committee from both groups to explore and determine, you know, capacity and interest is a first step would be a good idea. I bet I could predict a couple of volunteers. <laughs> but I'll, I'll call for volunteers for that group. Uh, I'll volunteer for something like that. And I'll... Uh, throw out an idea oh this is james alexander speaking but uh, i just like at some point i was liking to gauge all of your thoughts on something like this i understand we're all a advisory committee and we're not necessarily the people doing the concrete actions sometimes but i was going to i, I think i might have brought this up before the pandemic hit but uh so i'm from michigan and there's this uh, festival called top of the park in ann arbor it's a month-long celebration of like multidisciplinary fields so you know a theater and movies and music of all sorts and it goes on for about a month and there's free admission and there's food vendors that type of thing so it just you know when i moved here it seemed like lawrence was similar to ann arbor in some senses and something like that might take off in the future on you know i understand there's a whole pandemic and all that but just to gauge, it, it seems like something like that could match a lot of these models that uh, we talk about in the strategic committee of you know, balancing the local and supportive environment where people could uh, advocate for their ideas, like the Paper Plains Literary, Literary Festival and Free State. It could be like an additional venue for them to advocate for themselves. So it, it meets all these actions of you know, strengthening the network, embracing all and mining the gas there seems to be a lot of like infrastructure that could be used for something so anyway just an idea for something tactile that we could push these ideals forward with thank you well and Joshua James, sorry. Who else? obviously um <laughs> and uh just to kind of um, extend James's point and uh, remind us of Marlo's point earlier about uh, maybe this would be a great opportunity to, um, what did you say? Uh, kind of bring in the language of this, uh, this statement of affirmation and support um, back into our, um, our art grants um, applications and remind people that, um, you know, you can apply for an art grant uh, and focus your work towards these issues. Um, because I really liked, uh, Marlo's point about that. So, um, this committee that we're forming, uh, would it also, um, work to figure out how we can, we can turn this, this kind of statement into that action, um, internally. And like, maybe, uh, maybe that means we, um, align the language of the statement um, with our existing applications and our existing um, policies? Would that yeah. be something that we look at? 
Well, I think this this group, which would liaise with the the human relations group, would bring ideas back. That that subgroup would bring. This is just how it is in my head. We we, we don't have to go with that, but would bring those ideas back. You know the 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 what what you all uh, uh, worked on together, and then we can. I mean, because we have a, the grants committee and we have the you know the those groups set up, and then. Uh, uh, and then, you know, you could share those and then those would be incorporated, uh, into, uh, you know, into the, to the grant language and the scoring. That's how it's all really in there. It's in the, it's in the application process. And then, you know, we say you have to hit on these points, right. And, and then we grade them in, in giving the awards, we grade in granting, giving awarding those grants we grade them according to those those points so in my mind you all would would work with the the hr group to bring those ideas back to us and then um that committee and this body as a whole would incorporate those into our grant uh, application and and scoring can I ask a question? What is our timeline for the grants going up? Because that's my concern is like Great delaying question. them. And I just get nervous with the TGT funding and just us not being able to move forward because we don't know if that pool of money, what it's going to look like in the future. So could we, like, would this be something that would slow that process down or is this something we could move action on quicker yeah. for that grant gu guideline to just get that program running and then develop this partnership between the two boards and get some bigger uh, visions going. That's a great point, Marlo. It made the timing of it. We may have to jump leapfrog or, or whatever, but um, that's the item after next on the agenda is our, is our budget. And, you know, la the last, you know, since the retreat, you know, what we've talked about is that we're, we're just going to proceed like, you know, um, but, but I, we, we definitely want uh, after the next uh, agenda item, the, to, to find out if there's any more information on on how how that's going to go because we have all of these pending things pending in spring this is the time where we start to do all that stuff so um, I, I think to um, <clears throat> to Marlo's point and she may be aware of of the art center board's conversations um, uh, and I feel then as I do now that <clears throat> no new ideas should prevent what's happening from happening. I don't, I don't, I don't think we need to rush any decision-making um, that may impact the community art grants. Um, those should go forward as, as, as they ought to. Um, but I, th I think this is a, a larger partnership for a more long-term sustainable effort um, that if, if things don't happen fast enough, then that's fine. Um, then they get implemented, you know, at a later date. And so, uh, I, I I would be supportive of of uh, not putting a timeline on on any of these actions because it should be well thought out, um, well discussed. And if community art grants come up, then they go forward as as they are already uh, determined to do. Yeah, for this go around, I I, I would agree. Um, so we have, there's an item between the budget 
conversation in this, um, which is the storefront art uh, committee meeting, uh, which I'm real interested to hear. But before we move to that, are there any other points that anyone would like to make on the uh, uh, the item that we that we've been talking about? Uh, we, you mentioned a couple of times the, the Human Resources Commission um, and our kind of having a conversation. I would, I would ask really that um, uh, Dr. Muhammad be there and be present and help to, help to kind of guide and, and help us to think through um, what this looks like, what his plans are, what his directives are, what his goals are um, to help make sure that we're not um, excluding him from the conversation of which he ought to be an integral, integral part. Um, as Porter said, he, he might have a significant role in that, which I think is a good thing. Um, but I just wanted to add that, that he ought to be a significant part of that conversation. Yep, I would agree. Um, I'm wondering, it's not on the agenda per se, but I'm wondering since we brought up about the community arts grants, is if, if I can just get some guidance from you all um, based on what I'm hearing, and let me share my screen and show you what I'm talking about. So um, just quick reminder, and for those who weren't directly involved, last year we went through the community art grant process. We reviewed the applications, um, they were scored, and then the March meeting that we were going to review all that, um, one, there wasn't a quorum, and two, there was a little thing called a pandemic just getting started. Um, and so at that point, it fell off the, um, the agenda and was not implemented, which actually was a good thing in the sense that the TGT fund also dried up very quickly because of the pandemic. So all that said, um, we're actually running late. Um, I still have a dilemma as a staff person trying to figure out how we can do all these things with a still less than half percent um, TGT fund. But that said, you know, these are the, um, so just a reminder, everybody, this is at lawrenceks.org forward slash art dash grants. These are the community arts grants. These are the 2020 community art grant guidelines. And you guys can look them up. And as um, has been pointed out, they're tied back to the citywide cultural plan, um, which includes balance the local, embrace all, celebrate community, build places together, build and market a creative brand, and five, promote lifelong learning. Um, all of that is in this. Um, and so, you know, this exists now. We could use this, and I know that people are hungry for grant opportunities, and while I cannot promise that funding will be available or 100%, um, you know, it does make sense to go ahead and initiate the, the grant program and the um, selection process. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but we have last year's applicants. I, I guess that gets tricky. I don't know if those people would be, would desire to do the same thing. They could submit the same application again, um, so we could go through it that way. Um, but yeah, I, I've not initiated this. I was kind of waiting for a little bit of direction from the Cultural Arts Commission. And so, you know, if, if this is agreeable or if you want to come up with some way to review this and then give me a thumbs up and say this is, this is a good way to go, go ahead and move forward with this. 
Yeah, so so Porter, help us understand this. We, we all know what we don't want, right? We don't want to award, you know, these grade them, you know, score them and say, we're going to do this and this and this and this, and then, you know, send emails to people saying, whoops, sorry, it's not actually going to happen. I mean, not that it's the end of the world, but we want to we want to avoid that to the degree that we can. So where, where is that cut line? Where, where is that? Um, I want to get these out. I, I think we should get them out. I think we should accept ones that people did last year almost verbatim so that they don't have to. They did the work already and everything. And if it's still applicable, I think we should allow them to do that. But, you know, we, I think we should also tell them or I, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to avoid... What, you know what I said, and so I, I, I the the cut line that I'm looking for is, you know, when when do we know? Yes, they'll be funded. No, they won't. Or they'll be funded. It, it, your budget will be fifty percent instead of, you know. I wish I had a direct answer for you. Um, I'll remind everybody the TGT fund is based on transient guest tax revenues, which means hotel stays. Um, unlike other funds that are budgeted through the general fund or things, there's money available upon budget. In this case, it is contingent on revenues coming in. And as I said, that's been down more than 50%. Um, and the problem is we don't get reports on that until the next quarter. So we're always looking back to see where we are. So, Jerry, I apologize, and believe me, as the staff person overseeing this, it's really frustrating to me to not be able to be more definitive with people. I'm in the process of um, administrating uh, or administering the TGT grants, and I've explained to the TGT grant awardees the same thing, that what I'm doing at this point is, is um, sending out the agreements and award letters for those chronologically. Um, you know, we, we cannot afford to pay everybody their grant right up front. Happily, the, you know, several events happening in the spring and summer and then more in the fall. So my hope is by spreading them out chronologically, everybody will be able to get their full funding. Um, but again, I can't promise that. And, um, you know, people are in need of the funds to do the marketing for their events. So with right. the community arts grants, we're in a similar, you know, conundrum. I agree with you. I want to be up front with people and make sure that's clear at the get-go that, you know, we simply cannot guarantee that they would receive these funds, but we want to move forward. And if we have to allocate a percentage, that may be one way to move forward. And I have to work with the finance director and figure that out. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I find it hard to imagine that ours is big enough that we would be doling it out over time. But I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's not true. Um, Theoretically, how much money should we have to grant? The, the budgeted amount is $25,000. That is a tiny amount of money. It would seem to me that the city could find it somewhere in their loose change. I think the trouble is that we are tied to this TGT funds. So we're not in this general fund where we probably should be. I think our most important job is to lobby to be taken out of the TGT funding and get a separate budget line. I agree full heartedly. 
I sent a letter to the commissioners and I did get some positive feedback from several of them on that same issue, citing that economic strategic plan being so focused on arts and culture. And so I just, yeah, I just feel like it's absurd to be, you know, really worried about $25,000 when we're the city of the arts in Kansas. So I feel like we have to, we have to change it and we have to be able to get these programs going because yeah, just looking at that grant guideline from 2020, we're a whole year behind. So I think like our applications were due March 8th, we're sitting here March 10th. And I feel like as soon as we could get those ships off and running, people can start thinking of ideas to do, you know, as vaccines are rolling out and people are wanting some recovery um, efforts. I feel like if there's a transparent way, I thought the communication was great with the TGT grants, you know, as a grant recipient, like it was very clear. Like I thought you, all the emails were explained very clearly. You, this is what you expect. This is, you know, the timeline. Uh, if we can do something similar to that, I would be in favor of it just for expediency and just getting money out the door. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, Marlo. You said it very well. So how do we how do we do it, Porter? Let's let's proceed, um, and we'll do it in the style of which you've done it with the the TGT grants, as far as as telling people what the uh, what the outcome might be. I mean, it is. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I have to tweak the. Um, the guidelines a little bit just to adapt to a, a different timeline. Um, and so let me, I need to look at this and figure out how to address that. Um, sorry, I'm also, other thoughts are running through my head as I talk this through. But let me go ahead. Basically what I'm hearing is you all want to move forward with the community arts grants as, as quickly as possible. Um, you want me to provide good communication to the applicants so they understand the circumstances and understand that they may or may not receive funding um, based on current circumstances. And, um, and I will work with the existing community arts grants guidelines with your permission to make adjustments according to the different schedule for this year and, um, and limited requirements and that type of thing. My hope would be is if I can do all that, I could make a new deadline in April, and then you all could review an award in May, which still gives you know the better half of the year. And I would encourage applicants then to adjust and adapt accordingly um, to fit within the shorter time frame. So if that works for everybody, that's what I will plan to do. Okay. Do we do we need to vote on on that? We don't need to vote on that, right? I I have one more question, and then in line with that, would you? Uh, carry over any grants that wanted to be carried over from last year into this cycle? Yeah, that's a good idea. I can go back and invite those people and say, rather than resubmitting, you can, we can just accept your, your grant from last year. That's a great idea, Mary. Thank you. That actually makes my life easier, too. It makes my life easier, too. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe Barlow's as well. Yes. Good point. I hadn't considered that. Okay. Not only would it be verbatim, it would be, in fact, what we already have. <laughs> well, that's, that's a good point, is should we just go with that? 
because those grants were never realized. None of those were ever realized. You guys reviewed them, but um, you know, that's interesting. If I went with what was reviewed last year and brought that to the April meeting, you could actually make a determination then based on the grants that were submitted last year. The question is, does that, do all those people still want to submit uh, applications effectively? Well, there's more, there's more than one question there, right? Because the world has been turned inside out. Um, there are people who probably have ideas or needs that they did not have at grant proposal time last year. And I, I, I love the idea of allowing the ones that have been, were submitted last year to stand as they are and not create extra work for people but I would like to see what's out there. I'd like to see what people uh, need or want or are thinking, particularly with the, <laughs> I'm not gonna list all the events, we all know them, that have happened since the last grant uh, cycle was happened. So I think we would be missing some stuff. Um, yeah, and I want to be clear with everybody that the, eligi the eligibility for this is not individual artists. Um, eligible for LCAC grants are organizations with a Lawrence, Kansas address proposing projects cited in Lawrence that are designed to meet the purpose of the LCAC grant program and benefit Lawrence residents. So I just want to be clear on that, that, that I know there's been discussion, and I love that idea, but it's very difficult for a... Um, municipality to provide individual grants, grants to individuals, um, because there is legal oversight that we are required to do for the IRS and, and everybody else. So I just want to make sure that's clear. That said, if Mary, if Theodore Lawrence were to get a grant or the Art Center or any other number of other arts organizations, theoretically then they're, they're um, using those funds to help benefit local artists. complicated but since Jerry brought it up uh, I, th I think I think some of those grant applications from last year might uh, might be amended given the circumstances and so while not taken as was submitted last year there might be some twists or some turns or some some adjustments that might need to be made um, that those applications might take into account um, and not mind the extra work uh, that <clears throat> that others would <laughs> be happy to uh, avoid. So um, with that, I think what I'll do is extend an invitation to those that submitted last year, explain all this. They can either let it stand or if they want to make modifications, given the circumstances they can. Um, of course, the big unknown is, is health-wise going forward, although the further out we go, the more likely we are to be able to do more. So I, I think I can take all of this in, and, and um, if you all are comfortable giving me that direction, then I can move in that direction. And um, I'll, you know, either we'll come back in April and be ready to go, or we'll come back and, and be prepared for the next step. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you. For Thank you. Okay. Uh, storefront Art Committee. Who wants to take that? 
I attended that meeting and it was really fantastic. This was a springboard off of the idea that Michael Davidson from Explorer Lawrence had brought to the table um, about using empty storefronts, which we have more of since the pandemic and creating spaces for art in them and what the city's relationship might be. The meeting was wonderful. We had um, city representatives between Porter and myself and Dina's on that committee um, and uh, Kim from Explore Lawrence, Michael Davidson, Margaret from the Art Center, um, and the Chamber, which I thought was great, and Downtown Lawrence. And so everyone is super enthused and had some great ideas for how to get that project going. There's a grant opportunity, which I think we discussed in this meeting um, last month, called Reimagined Spaces with the Kansas Creative Arts Industries Commission. And the grant application is coming up in mid-April. So the idea was that could the city be the grant applicant? Um, and this would be the Cultural Arts Commission. And uh, Michael Davidson from Explore Lawrence had said that Explore Lawrence could put in some the matching grant funds where we would have to put in, it's a, a $10,000 grant. We have to have $2,500 uh, cash match. And so that would come from Explore Lawrence. So I thought it was really energizing and you know so many wonderful ideas between performing arts that could be in side storefronts to visual arts to studio spaces and some really fun things to come out of it one thing we did talk about was the idea of having part of that grant funding be a coordinator for the program so it doesn't just be loosey-goosey and up to you know artists to connect with uh, real estate storefronts but having somebody with an art background that could know the the needs of the artists and what would be required to exhibit in those spaces and then also coordinating with those uh, either the businesses or the real estate agents sally zagre from downtown lawrence was really enthused too and she thought she between her and the chamber they could be the liaisons between the real estate places downtown um, and so i think our role would be more of from the art standpoint in providing um, guidance for the program and possibly like accepting applications for artists to submit to those spaces and having the coordinator curate and manage that program. Did I sum that up, Porter? Was there anything that I missed in looking at these notes? I think you summed it up beautifully. And, and one thing I'm not sure it was clear, but um, you know, probably not limiting this just to storefronts. Um, I, you know, there was a lot of discussion about um, art in the downtown area, which obviously the outdoor downtown sculpture exhibition already does that. So I was thinking of potentially uh, aligning this with that. And we've been trying to expand the outdoor downtown sculpture exhibition to include more than sculpture um, as related to how public art is an evolving uh, field of inquiry. And so, you know, artists exploring other um, interactions whether it be a musician playing down there or you know painted windows or you know all those types of things so looking at all those possibilities and Marlo you're probably more familiar than me I did go in and look at the grant and it looks like this is all in alignment with what the grant is is suggesting is the idea of reimagined spacing spaces and it's not too limiting in that sense so it's pretty open-ended in that sense so I think that provides a good opportunity and frankly, um, if, if agreeable to in some way, shape or form tie either a part of this to the part of the ODSE or basically 
you know, open them up together um, is, is interesting to me. So, but I, I defer to you all to decide if that's a good way to go. So is this, is there a geographic area that this will be limited to? I don't, I don't think we determine that. And Mary, I think you spoke eloquently about not, you know, the cultural plan talks about art citywide. And so my thinking is how do we make sure that that um, is made available to everybody? And I, I think that's something we'd want to do as well. So, you know, um, I have to figure that out. I don't have a direct answer, but I think we don't necessarily want to limit it, although there's logic to the concentration of, of energy downtown too. How, how diplomatic was that? That's very diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I have to bring that up every time. So and I appreciate it. I really do. No, no. I'm with you 100% in the sense that, you know, we do, we do talk about a citywide cultural plan, so making sure that we're not limiting things um, you're absolutely right. That is a interesting idea. Like, you know, there are a couple empty storefronts in that area by Free State and Theater Lawrence that could be super fun and creative outlets for some kind of. Well, and I would dare say, you know, Theater Lawrence has literally reimagined its entire parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> And so that is a reimagined space and certainly open to art interventions in a good way. Oh, and I, I would support, uh, uh, you know, Mary's, Mary's comment. Um, <clears throat> as someone who often has uh, kids, nieces, nephews, all, all sorts of folks, we explore all parts of Lawrence, trying to, you know, get away from that that close proximity so that uh, we can have a good time. And so I, I think all of Lawrence really ought to um, thrive uh, from the opportunity to experience, you know, outdoor or storefront art. I think it marries up well with the ODSE. How, how do we, how would we, I mean, I know we were talking about with uh, ODSE taking a, some portion of those and uh, oops, um, sort of having a theme for for some portion of those. It, are are you suggesting, poor Marlo, that we make that theme for for that por some portion of that this this window front idea? I don't think there's what, the what the mechanism is. Like for, for submissions or how people would apply for it? Yeah. Or you're talking about like a theme? Yeah, no one discussed a particular theme or, you know, because I know with the ODSE, we talked about John Brown. Um, and what, I think there was an environmental theme. We've talked about that before, but we didn't identify any specific themes in that committee. Yeah, so I guess what I was getting at was, um, and, you know, <laughs> Maybe my imagination was failing me there, but you know, let's say we we have some portion of these, whether they're sculptures or whatever, but these works, and rather than them going at you know ninth and mass on this corner or you know da da da, they they're actually part of this window front uh, thing or or whatever. 
I'm looking at the, um, let me. Marlo, you may know this. So the submittal deadline is April 19, 2021. Yes. How, do you have any sense of how quickly they will be able to um, make their awards? I don't off the top of my head, but I know someone I can ask. I, <laughs> thank you. Because um, that'll be, you're, Jerry, you're right. I hadn't gotten this far in my thinking, but that will certainly be a factor as to whether or no we would have, whether we know if we have this grant or not. And based on this, I would anticipate we probably wouldn't know till mid-May because um, I'm, I'm guessing they have to pull a panel together and review these much like we would. So... Um, uh, if, if I can... The request for submission just came out today and they're asking for projects that will take place between July 5th, 2021 through June 30th, 2022. And the deadline is April 19th. Um, so logistically, this gets a little tricky in that our budget is within the calendar year. Although awards can go out, you know, as long as they go about before December 31st, uh, that's that's okay, but then this these funds could then go out later if necessary. So that that makes me feel a little more comfortable um, that this is doable on the financial side, and projects then could happen between July fifth and June thirtieth, twenty twenty two. And you know, honestly, our outdoor downtown sculpture exhibition typically we put that up in may or june and it stays up for the entire year but the artists are paid upon delivery right. so the the funding is handled within the calendar year but their artwork stays longer so i think we can make that work right the only thing I do have to check is if this is agreeable with you all, I do have to double check and make sure that um, I don't know for $10,000 if I have to get city commission approval if we decide to um, uh, apply for this grant. So I'll have to check on that. But that shouldn't be too hard if, if need be. So I have one thing that, that I'd like to add really quickly, and this kind of ties back to what we talked about earlier as far as the statement regarding the events of January 6th. This is also kind of a little bit of a, a spoiler for what we might talk about with the outdoor sculpture exhibition later. Just that I'm um, looking over some of the language. It doesn't look like there's any diversity, equity, and inclusion language included in the, the basic um, approach. And so I think that um, we'll talk about this with the outdoor sculpture exhibition a little bit. But I, it would be nice to just have that be uh, a given baked into to, to anything we, we do like this. So. Thanks, Dan. Uh, let's see, we're getting towards nine. Can we, can we go to the budget? Anything else on that before we move to the budget? That's always a fun part of our discussion. Well, the problem is it's always theoretical. 
I was just going to say that it's <clears throat> it's great to see and hear from new members. So thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Dina. Uh, so Porter has, can you put up the budget? Yeah, bear with me a second. It dusted off from uh, 2019, the request. This was this was our budget that we put in in 2019 for 2020, which never got. You know, it didn't happen. And then in 2020, we did not put in a budget for 2021. So I'm assuming I hope this is correct, Porter, that we're just our budget is what it was in 2019. Right. So for, for clarity, um, this was the budget that was submitted for 2020. The budget that was approved, um, this was not raised to $45,000. It stayed at $25,000. The Phoenix Award stays at $3,000. And there weren't um, any additional public art projects. So I think the end was $49,000. And yes, Jerry, that was what was carried over this year so you have the same budget that was allocated last year even though last year um we didn't use much if at, at all any of that budget um, so, the projects is shut down because of the pandemic right so it's time for us to submit for 2022 and question is did we go in with what we requested for 2020, uh, which has a $20,000 increase for community arts grants and a $2,000 increase for Phoenix Awards, uh, which brings the total, and everything else I think stays the same, and that brings the total to 76. Um, Oh, I, I know what you're, I think I know what you're looking for. So there's some discussion. It's just right down below there. Um, Is it, sorry, hang on. So this was the other group that met, just so people understand what you're looking at. This was the strategic committee notes. And I knew that in here, there was some discussion. And I think Marlo referenced this of asking the city commission and the city manager to look at other funding um, options for the future, which I know that that's being um, considered. Um, you know, Marlo's message is good. I certainly carried that message as well, because, you know, people understand the frustration there. So that is certainly being uh, taken into consideration, I think in a good way, not just, okay, we'll look at it, but more like, yeah, let's really look at this and figure out what we can do. So that's good news. So Porter, what, what, I, what I was wanting to do though, is I was wanting to look at uh, on the other page where the, 
where you have the budget request is there is a there are two paragraphs that describe the increases that we were looking for. Yeah, right. Right. There go. Yeah. Because I, I think we want to spend a little bit more time on the, the other topic than just to, to mix it in. What I would like to what I would like for us to do is, if possible, is to agree on what we put in um, for for 2022. And if we can't do that tonight, I, I guess that's OK. But I think it's time. Um, and the reason if you actually go up two more paragraphs where it says community arts grants, it gives the history and thank you for putting this together order. It gives the history of the application, the amount of applications that we got. So in 2016, we got 77,850 requested, right? Um, then there's this for 2017, 2018, uh, 72,000, uh, 2019, 55,000. So this is the reason why we thought at that time, back in 2019, when we made a request for 2020, that we should raise it from 25,000 to 45,000. That would give us the ability to fund more uh, of, of the applicants. And we felt like, you know, obviously we, we, we didn't think we could ask for enough to fund all of them. Um, but so that's where the 45,000 uh, came from. And then on the Phoenix Awards, you know, we've been trying to increase it through all sorts of mechanisms, right? We went to the every other year thing. Um, and then we just thought a small increase from 3,000 to 5,000 would help us uh, give a better, uh, uh, you know, financial contribution to the artists who make the awards and also uh, allow us to celebrate that, uh, those individuals, the recipients, uh, uh, and get the word out about the awards themselves with, with a little bit more funding. Um, so anyway, that that's what gets us to the seventy six thousand, you know, and the easy the easy way to go in, I would say, is for this group to say, yeah, well, we should go for that. We should put that in again. But I obviously we need to. Uh, uh, you know, to to talk about that, but I just wanted to to sort of give everybody the historical perspective of of what it is now and Porter did that nicely. And then this is what we had requested that never got, uh, it, it never got changed because of all of the, the circumstances. So thoughts, uh, thoughts on that? Um, we submit the grant or the request for 76,000. What is the timeline? Like when did we submit that 2020 requested budget? Is it now? Is this yes. the time to do yes. it? Okay. Yes. And I would be inclined to agree with Mary that, you know, for simplicity and expediency sake, this is a, I would be really thrilled with this budget. So is that a second? <laughs> like a second. All in favor? Let the right. record show that everybody raised their hands affirmatively. Thank you. Imagine that the budget was the quickest agenda item for this group. Congratulations. Okay, I did that quickly because I've got a question. <laughs> okay. okay, if we've if we've got that request in, is there something that we can do as an advisory commission committee, whatever we call ourselves, 
to encourage um, the 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 budget for this group to come out of funding other than the TGT. I know some of us have other lines of communication going as well, but is there something that we should also be thinking about doing as a group? Well, you know, we've, we've been talking about it for since it happened. Um, that it wasn't necessarily a good idea. And we learned the hard way why it's not a good idea. Um, and so um, I know Marlo uh, made a, uh, wrote a letter uh, to the commission. Um, I did some thinking and I shared with Porter that, I mean, I sort of get it, right? I, I, I see... I see, you know, we don't tie ambulances to the, to the guest tax, right? Um, but what I was wondering is um, we, maybe we shouldn't tie our whole, maybe they shouldn't tie our whole budget or really any group's entire budget to something like that, you know, so that we had, I mean, literally we, we were unable to do our, our work. We had some wonderful meetings with lots of brainstorming about all kinds of great things and, and everything, but, but we didn't get to do our, our uh, at least that part of our jobs. Um, and, and that's a shame. And it also sort of goes against the, the direction of the community and it goes against what, what we all know, you know, the arts, how the arts contribute to, to the community and make our community what it is. And so one of the things I was thinking is, I mean, yeah, we can, we can ask them as a body, we could do it. Although Porter has told us there to, you know, make considerations, you know, when, when we do that, we, but we can go and, and, and say the whole thing should be out of there. Um, but maybe, you know, there's, and I'm always a mediator, I'm always trying to find, you know, middle ground or whatever, but, you know, maybe there's some portion of it that could be taken out of there that, that we could count on, you know, uh, rather than just have zero. Uh, I don't know. Well, it strikes me that, that with the new strategic plan by the city and the economic, what, what's it called, or the economic development Strategic plan. Yeah. With both of those coming in so um, heavily on the value of arts and culture to our community, and they're not talking about visitors to our community, they're talking about the quality of life for the people who live here. So if, if that's the case, if our community values arts and culture as an inherent part of our community, it would seem to me that we would want to fund that through tax dollars and not just be dependent on people coming in from out of town when we're talking about the benefits that our own, our own community people get out of it. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a, um, an auspicious, it, it gives us a leg up if we want to play with it. Yeah. The holiday lights are not about right. Lights are not funded out of the TGT, right? I don't know. Actually, <laughs> they are. I knew I'd get a big grin from him. 
<laughs> they, they are funded out of the TGT. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> anyway. uh, I have Marlo's email if, if that's helpful, if Marlo's comfortable. Um, sharing that, I think she shared it. So, because it speaks to what Mary's talking about too. That's really good, Marlo. Yeah. I figure if I quote them, then, you know, it has to have some validity to it. And that's word for word just from that strategic plan. Uh-huh. And it's like, I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's not just visitors that were our mission. Like our mission is enhancing all aspects of the city, you know, from businesses to all different economic sectors. Like the arts are integral to that. And I think, you know, it's being valued and recognized by outside agencies. And we have some strong arts advocates that we're lucky to have on the commission at the moment. So I think if we can capitalize off that, and this is our, our time, I think, to make some changes and some more innovative ideas for funding and programs. So how can, how can we um, piggyback on what Marlo has done here? I know I'm involved in some meetings next week, but it, it would seem to me that we ought to be doing something as a group Unless that's against the rules, Porter. Once, once I get past the um, the interesting uses of the ampersand, uh, <laughs> because that's my social know, media manager side, because that's what I do is weird weird out on stuff like that. You know, one of the things that occurs to me is that you know funding for for parks and rec activities has little to nothing to do with visitors coming from elsewhere um, and and the things that things that happen on final Fridays are, are so unique and remarkable um, and those are local people who just go out and connect and I think I think by separating that that funding from the TGT as if it is somehow dependent upon bringing in money from out outside sources, uh, it is extraordinarily problematic because it doesn't fund the community spirit, the art, uh, the artists who who bring us together to enjoy that art. And and I think it's a it's not just a symbolic thing. It's a it's a really significant factor in, in what makes Lawrence Lawrence. Um, so I, I, I appreciate Marlo's effort in that and and her language. Uh, ampersands with st- notwithstanding, um, but uh, <laughs> but no, she articulates it really, really well. And I think quoting folks back to themselves is, you know, one of the most powerful ways of uh, of of communicating to so, them what they might have otherwise not realized they were saying. Yeah. So ampersand, um, I. What I wonder is, because it's, it's interesting, I've, I've, I've been in conversations with this group, this body before, where we've said, you know, those things, they go too much to sports activities, you know, and, and things like that. And, 
those sports activities, those are the things that bring people into the hotels and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you, you know, the events I'm talking about or whatever. Um, so, you know, and we've said, well, you know, certain part of that should go to the arts or whatever. So my, my comment is to the, to the group, do, do we want to ask that our budget be 100% out of the TGT or, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I wonder if we would be losing, not leveraging some of that, those, the ability to leverage some of those funds. I, I don't know. Well, that TGT fund would still be there, right? That transient guest tax grant, and that funds a lot of arts events and activities. So that could be that representative, but then our community arts grants that are celebrating the life and culture for our residents could be out of the general fund. That to me philosophically makes sense. Okay. So I'm like these events serve that mission. These programs serve this mission. So I don't know, that's where I sort of stand on it. Okay. I, I, I agree, Marlo. And right now I think, um, Parks and Rec is looking at some of this. <laughs> so we want to look a little harder. So Porter is a lobbying effort appropriate to come from this type of body or does it have to come from us as individuals or can it be both? I think Marlo did a good job of explaining the what one, two, three, four, five hats that she wears in the arts and culture realm. Um, and so, you know, and Michael Davidson has come and spoken on behalf of Explore Lawrence. Now he is the executive director, but um, I think that, you know, one, you could endorse what Marlowe has sent and put the Art Commission stamp on that, so to speak. Um, two, I would offer that, you know, you can, you know, now that we're doing meetings virtually, it's really not too hard to come to the first part of a city commission meeting and offer public comment. And, you know, if you did that over the course of several meetings and, you know, one or two of you appear at each meeting, reminding them that this is really important, that's, that's you know, that's a valid way of, of just keeping it in front of them and, and lobbying in that sense. And I would say it's better when you say, you know, I'm Mary Doveton, I'm both, you know, an artist in this community and obviously the director of, of Theodore Lawrence and a member of the Art Commission, and we believe this is important. So let's let's pick at that idea of of a, us as our our citizenry. I mean, we we can we can have we can I don't know. I mean, we can make comments at, at city commission meetings, right? Right, but that gets annoying. <laughs> Just... Don't don't give me an open mic at the city commission meeting. Well. You only have three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say a lot in three minutes. You well, people, people, people do say a lot in three minutes. Well, I, I, I do think it's important to, to note that, you know, I, I don't know. I got a letter from the mayor um, that I was selected as a, as a part of the city commission. 
And I think as an advisory board to the city commission, we collectively can make a, a very strong statement um, to the city commission about what our budget might ought to look like, just as any other part of the city would would do the same based on their needs and their interests and, and their things. And so I, I would certainly um, defer to the to the group, um, you know, and, and support whatever statement uh, we might make collectively as to how our budget I, might look. I don't have any I don't have any issue with endorsing Marla's letter. It was well stated and and I, I thought it was outstanding. Um, I just wonder I don't know. I mean, our, our, we're, supposed to sub, we're, we're supposed to submit a budget, right, to do our work that's in our mission. And are we supposed to say where our money, you know, I guess we can ask or request or, you know, that, that our money come from a certain uh, place or whatever. It just seems, I, I, don't, I don't know why, I, I don't know why it feels, um, uh, odd to me. Uh, but it seems like if we're going to do that, if we're going to endorse her letter and submit it, uh, or, you know, put our, our stamp on it, we ought to do it with the budget. Although <laughs> I agree. And I, 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 I follow somewhere in the middle between requesting and demanding, you know, somewhere in there, there's a, there's, there's a sweet spot that I think we're, we're an advisory committee. We're an advisory board. You know, we advise, you know, based on the sustainability of what it is we do and what it is they appointed us to do yeah, and a more reliable, we don't a, a more reliable budget uh, that's not contingent upon some other thing, some outside factors um, that are based on sports. Uh, I think is certainly within our purview of of at least bringing to the table. Presenting uh, not, to the it would seem to me that we are neither requesting where the money comes from. I think we can request it, but I don't think we're, we're advising them where our money comes from. I don't think we need to advise or request or demand. I think what we need to do is point out the disparity between what their own strategic plan says the arts and culture does and the way the funding is set up. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I support Marlo's uh, letter. I mean, that, that's what she, that's what she lays out right there. And is quoting them, holding them accountable to the words that they produced mm -hmm. really, which is not a request at all, but a little more strong. A lot more strong. Congratulations, Marlo. But we can take out the ampersands. I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe if, if you and Josh got together and he took out the ampersands, maybe then we could all sign off on it. Well, I, no, I, no, the, the ampersand. No, for Joshua. No, I, th I, think, I think the ampersand is much more aesthetically pleasing than the letters A, N, and D together. It's... It has, it has form, it has shape, it has, it has presence. It's got flow. Yeah. Okay, can we do this? Well, you know what has to be done.
okay, I move and you can all, you know, I'm talking too much here, guys. You gotta jump in. I'm just tired. Um, I, I move that we, as a group, as an advisory committee, whatever we want to call ourselves, that we sign on to, um, to in support of Marlowe's letter and send it to the appropriate powers that be. We have a second. I second. Um, just a question. I also heard attaching this to your submitted budget. Um, do we want to do that? Yeah, I think it's symbolic. I do too. So, Mary, if you if you if you would uh, agree to that friendly amendment. Yes. All right. All in favor? Say aye. I see everyone's hand, unanimous. Thank you. Now we're working, folks. All right. We have the strategic uh, committee meeting report. Christina, do you want to you want to walk us through that porter? If you could put it up, I'm sorry that I had to miss that. Um, in I had not been called to Washington D.C. in one year. Yeah, as you all know, I go there every other week for work, and I had not gone for literally exactly one year. And uh, I had to go, so um, I apologize for missing that meeting. It looks like it was, looks like you guys really, I, I really like what I saw when, uh, when I read this stuff. So, so Jerry, um, I think before we get to the Public Art Committee, Outdoor Downtown Sculpture, the Strategic Plan Committee, which I think is what's on the screen, was oh, okay. before the item agenda before ours. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, that's what I pulled up. I was not paying attention and pulled up the next item on the agenda. I wasn't paying attention either. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, sorry. Let's go. <laughs> it's getting late. Yeah, let's go in order. Uh, on behalf of the strategic committee, we had a wonderful meeting and we tried to look at some of the things that spoke to us in the strategic plan or the cultural plan and to find action items for things that this group can do to put those ideas into place or develop what's already existing. So we just kind of went through, you know, we just gave ourselves an hour, just some bullet points. Uh, one great idea that came up was the idea of could we hold our meetings once we're back in person at different locations outside of City Hall as a way to connect with uh, other groups outside of the municipal uh, facilities of, you know, this building? So would that be something that could be in the realm of our jurisdiction? We weren't sure about rules and, you know, 
what the laws of order were for those types of public meetings. As long as it's published with enough time so people know that it's going to be in a different location, yes. Fantastic. Yeah, we thought that would be really fun. One of the things we did want to see if like our grant programs could attract different groups. Sometimes it feels like the same groups consistently apply. So we thought by us going out and not waiting for people to come to us, that would be a great way to uh, engage those groups. The other idea that came up was creating a Instagram account for our uh, Cultural Arts Commission. Uh, we had a really great group um, between Joshua, Sarah and Jordan and the idea of like, can we have some other means of communication, people who may not be on Facebook, because right now we have that Lawrence cultural group on Facebook, but could Instagram also be a social media tool that we could take advantage of to throw a spotlight on um, some wonderful events. Um, and I, we thought, okay, if that wasn't possible, like if it was kind of complicated with city, could it be like a off the grid you know, like I think Joshua came up with the idea with the LCAC crew um, username. Could that be something that could be not an official city entity, but something that a group of social media managers from this entity could take on? The doing it through the city is is really challenging um, and probably not realistic, frankly, just because of capacity on, on my staff. Um, and doing it the way you're suggesting gets a little tricky in um are you you know you're creating a separate account representing a city board so that's uh we'd have to talk about that so this is not an easy thing i understand and this has come up in various ways you know the other thing about something like an instagram account is who then is providing content and who decides what that content is. And again, if you're doing it as on behalf of a city board, you do have to be very mindful of, of appropriate content. Yeah, we thought um, a couple of the younger members of the committee might be interested in uh, volunteering some time to do that. And if it's a, sort of a tag team thing where people are putting different energy, like if we, I always go to Final Friday uh, you know, once it's in person and like, you know, I snapped a picture, could I do it from an LCAC account or something? Um, but, you know, if we didn't want to be too formal, maybe it could just be Lawrence Art, Lawrence Cultural Arts or something like that, where it's not necessarily tied to the board, but it could be, you know, board members that are getting together to provide some fun content. Well, and you actually gave me another thought is instead of representing a board, maybe representing a program of the board. And then I was oh. thinking, you know, at, at culture chat. I like that. That might be a better way to go. And, and then you're not directly representing a board, but you're representing the program of the board. And then you can decide who would be authorized to submit content for that. I like that. See now we're now we're breaking rules well. Thank you, Porter. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Uh, well, number three is putting into action. So you know that's wonderful that that's going to happen. So we don't even need to go there. Um, but it just you know it has some great, and that actually now that I'm looking at it, that's the same um, goal of the cultural plan that we did put in the cultural art grants for last year. So we can just continue that. Um, and then, you know, one thing, this is maybe a longer term thing, but with the minding, minding the gaps part of the cultural plan was looking at ways 
could the Cultural Commission be a little bit more of a liaison for arts and culture events, like in helping navigate through um, city challenges or, you know, red tape or something that could be involved. Like, I was wondering, is there any way that, like, could we have an email address or some kind of communication so that board members can be sort of liaisons for processes and information? Um, I'm trying to understand in what capacity? Well, I, I think I think the conversation it was a, it was a really good one. It was it was about uh, the red tape and paperwork required to utilize like public parks, um, have parades of of their own. You know, a separate organization trying to just navigate some of those um, uh, some of that bureaucracy. And, and just being able to be responsive and informative uh, to, to different organizations on that front for public events, for larger gatherings. Is that right, Marlo? Yes, that is. You said that much better than I did. Um, that's tricky in the sense that that's handled by Parks and Recreation. So that's not, you know, that's a separate department and their board oversees some of their efforts there. So. That's the park side, and then permits go through um, the city clerk's office or planning and development services. Um, so anyway, I just I think that this might require a little further discussion and understanding to to understand. And all that said, I know that all those groups are always looking at ways of making improvements. Part of the challenge with those types of things is, particularly like you were saying, you know, parades and things on streets. You know, that impacts a whole lot of people. And so they have to have enough time to make sure everybody is agreeable before they just authorize that type of thing. So, um, well, I, I, Porter, I, I think our conversation was really related to to arts, culture, and, and that sector of the community, and helping, for instance, them understand the parks and recs um, mechanisms and what's required from them, or. If, you know, if this if it's the city clerk, that we're able to kind of just support and assist in the um, uh, completion of required documents, or that that we can help, you know, be of assistance to them and just navigating the system in whichever department, you know, might hold jurisdiction over that area. And so, if if we have kind of an advocacy committee uh, or group or liaison who assists in those public events is really kind of, I think that was my sense of that conversation was just kind of a, a, a liaison of some, some sort to help just navigate that bureaucracy. Uh, yeah, we wouldn't be doing any legwork for anybody, but just like maybe pointing some directions. Okay, here's the process to go through because it can be overwhelming, I think, especially if you're starting a first time event are you trying to expand things just to figure out how to navigate that whole entities you know do i know whether i'm calling parks and rec or you know where do you <laughs> yeah and if i go to the website which tab am i clicking on to find the right form right. that's called something that doesn't seem related to what i'm talking about um under what department and so i i, I think that's that was the sense that we would just help to clarify or make you know, expedite some of those processes by 
you know, being supportive and assistant to the community who would like to have such activities. I think that's a wonderful um, aspiration. I wouldn't have a clue how to do that. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to act as a resource and point somebody in the wrong direction. <laughs> I think, yeah, with that thought, um, I'm intrigued, don't get me wrong, but as, as a staff person who's often helping people do exactly what you're saying, usually what I end up doing is sending them to the right link. For instance, somebody today was asking about a fence, and so I was able to get them quickly to the right place to understand what they need to know about fences. Joshua, your point is well taken. We have literally hundreds of web pages and unless you really know what you're looking for and where it is it's difficult um so with that said i think this probably needs a little more gestation and i would say if you all can sort of figure out exactly what areas you'd want to help mentor people and then develop you know the step-by-step -step, here's how to do x y or z and then put your name on it so to speak or I'm even thinking that, you know, the Art Commission could potentially have sort of a, here's how to do a parade, here's how to do a, 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 a free state festival, you know, here's all the steps, and put together a fact sheet that then could be available just showing people, and I often do that just with clip art, just, you know, go to each place and walk through it and then put it on a page in the proper chronology so somebody can say, oh, okay, I go here, then I click on this, and I click on this, and fill out this form, and I'm good to go. So if you want to do that, you can. Um, it just, I need clarification as to what, what do you guys see as lacking and what's in your realm as arts and culture representatives. Obviously you can't serve as staff, so I wanna be careful not to inadvertently mislead people. But that said, I'm also hearing equity in the sense that Joshua can reach out to certain people that he knows, or Marlo can reach out to certain artists that may not feel comfortable trying to navigate this on their own. So I think that's great. Well, and I'm not, I'm not one who can assist with that, but I'm thinking we, we often have folks on, uh, on the commission, like, um, for instance, somebody like Kate Deneen, who really knows in what categories, what websites or what documents need to be completed um, to be supportive of the city. I mean, honestly, I mean, the, it's, it's hard to navigate and not to tax you or your staff uh, over much. You know, if we can be supportive of, of folks in the artist uh, sector, then, then we've done a, a really good job in promoting and, and advocating and supporting um, as a resource how to navigate the <clears throat> municipal system to do what they envision. So yeah, I, I think gestation is right. We, we just need to figure out who and how and maybe how we might recruit or how that might be delivered. Well, um, and I, but those I, are really good ideas, Porter. I, I appreciate them for one. Yeah, no, I, I think the starting place is what areas do you see as needing this support? You know, who, what are you getting approached by and what are the frustrations people have and develop a list and then I can certainly help figure out how to you know, develop sort of a how-to um, cheat sheet to help people navigate those things. So somebody comes and says, we want to do a parade, we have no idea how to get a permit, bam, here's a PDF and here's how to do it. I love that. 
Um, moving on to that next one, we already talked about that. That was just our advocacy efforts. So yeah, but yeah, it was a great group. And, you know, I thank everybody for their energy because we really wanted to make it an action-oriented discussion rather than just ideas, but just some thoughts on how we might put some things into place. Great committee work. You guys worked hard. I'll, I'll note that we we uh, sincerely miss Jordan's participation. I think she was busy at the time, and you know I, I I'm sure she would have contributed very much to the to the conversation. So uh, we look forward to the next meeting where we'll do more work. And Jordan shared some really thoughtful thoughts via email. So I tried to integrate them into those notes. And I think especially some of the language choices that we've talked about with the letter that her and Sarah wrote, um, if there's ways to integrate that into the cultural plan, that's kind of where we let our discussion spring for, from was the cultural plan and th thinking of things that needed updating. And that seemed to be one area that I think would be really beneficial. Thank you for that. I really appreciate seeing things tying back directly to that cultural plan because it really is a rich, fertile area to, to have these conversations and to tie it back to the foundation that I think is still very solid. All right, thanks for that. That's good stuff. Um, now, Christina. Without further. Great. Well, we also had a very good uh, subcommittee meeting last week as well. Um, we were looking at the proposal from last year for the outdoor downtown sculpture exhibition, and we were kind of going through bit by bit and seeing where we might make recommendations for how we would modify it or make some changes to this year's proposal. And I actually think some of the conversation we've had earlier might inform how we're thinking about this. I'm thinking about um, some of the, the dialogue that came up with your storefront art committee meeting might help kind of shape how we go from here and then also just thinking about budgets and the community arts grants programs too so um i could go through our notes i don't know porter if it's possible to share with the rest of the committee what i sent around or i could just do go you, from do you have it i do if you can share it that would be great okay let's see here i just don't have it right in front of me sorry it's okay Okay, you should see something right now. Do you see anything? Yep. Okay. So, okay. Let me see here. Great. Okay, so um, we wanted to propose that we move forward with the program if funding permits. Um, last year's call went out with the deadline for submissions early February. So we're, we're past that point right now. But I think we could still be okay if we're thinking about an early April deadline for submissions. That would only put us about two months past where we were last year. And this would bring installation to occur somewhere around mid-July or mid-August, which we thought would still give artists about three or four months for production. And then thinking we could hold the opening event or walk through in late August or early September 
when the weather is a bit cooler and also maybe coincide with the final Friday um, event. So that's sort of what we wanted to propose for shaping the, the new timeline. Um, we thought a lot about artist eligibility and are there any other restrictions aside from being just 18 years old? Could they be students? Do we need to live, do they need to live within a certain radius from Lawrence? And I remembered, I don't know if this was, I'm just misremembering, but at one point, did we have like a 500 mile radius limit or something to that effect? Um, or is it really just open to any artist? I can't read, I think it was, no, that's right. Because we had an artist from Florida. Yeah, so we went back and forth on that. And one year we threw it wide open just to see what would happen. And that's when the giant oranges appeared in front of the library. <laughs> um, but I think then we we realized that financially that was tricky for people. So we brought mm -hmm. it back to a regional call. But so maybe it, shows, it shows that you can do anything you want. Mm hmm. OK. Um, and then we, we talked more about the juror and thinking of ways we might be able to uh, maybe look for a sort of a diverse set of jurors. And could we, is, is there a potential to expand the number of jurors and maybe have a small panel? Um, I can't remember who had the good idea that, that maybe we allow for a percentage of the votes to come from the public that might help, you know, bring in that sort of um, uh, sense of ownership with this program and the community. Um, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's in our budget. I know in the past we've, we've just kind of stuck with one uh, special juror for the show. Um, and then also what is thinking about the role of, of the commissioners in this entire process? What sort of role do we play? Um, and then thinking about diversity and inclusion and how we might insert some language into the call. Um, how can we reach more you know, diverse and new audiences? Can we think about how we market this? Just ways of kind of reaching out beyond the sort of typical artist responses that we get. And continuing, so last year, and I think Marlo, you mentioned this too, that we were thinking of these sort of themes and there was an opportunity for artists to tie in with the John Brown exhibition that was at Watkins. I know that there's, they're actually, um, they're going to be going ahead with that exhibition. It's going to open in, I think it's early September. So that could still be an opportunity for artists if they wanted to. And then we also suggested in the call that they might think about tying in or connecting with the common ground garden program and we thought both of those would still be really good opportunities for artists and, and then even thinking there might be something that we're not thinking of for this year that would be new that artists could tie in with so that's sort of where we were we're thinking timeline thinking about artist eligibility issues of diversity and inclusion kind of thinking how we approach the jury the juror and then um any other further opportunities for artists. So I'm just putting that out there for, for feedback, suggestions. Do you think Porter, I mean, the, the, the two month delay is that in your experiences, I mean, these are, these are usually, you know, more significant pieces is, is there any downside to to us, you know, going ahead knowing that it's it's delayed by that much? Again, I think as long as we can pay people 
in this calendar year, that's fine. You know, we we have several artworks that have been up now for a few years. We're not paying for those anymore. We paid one one uh, initial, you know, commission. Um, but some, you know, artists prefer to leave them up where they can. So that's I think that's doable. The biggest thing, as Christina pointed out, is you definitely have to give them enough time to produce their, especially if they're creating something brand new. They need time to develop it and actually fabricate it. Right. But if they know ahead of time that they've got whatever it is, three to four months, they can scope based on. Sure. Yeah, I mean, last year the call, so the deadline was early February for a June, early June installation. So that's about a four month spread. So if we're asking for an early April, installing the work around even a mid August, that would be again, that four month period. Having been out there a few times when we did the, the thing, when it was mm -hmm. super, super hot, it's not such a bad idea for it to happen a little bit later. In the, in the I'd be okay with that. I've been out in those hot tours and <laughs> lost about 20 pounds, which I could actually need to do from COVID. So maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> um, on number three, I, I love the idea of a panel. Um, I think mm -hmm. engaging more people. I think the juror idea was a good one in its day of trying to get exposure to like curators and, and other arts professionals in other places. Um, but I think nowadays having people engaged in the process um, is always such a revealing, you know, opportunity. Um, the only, the, I'm not opposed to the idea of putting it out to a, a broader community vote. It's just the question there is how yeah. and how much energy might that take from somebody to coordinate something like that? I guess it could be done to, via social media, but that scares that scares me half to death. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking to that, you know, cause I, this was something that yeah, I brought up in our, our, um, yeah. our meeting. Uh, obviously I'm very familiar with, um, the notion of, of social media polls leading to basically, you know, jokey results and stuff like that. So, so, um, one of the things that we talked about was the idea that, um, you know, we could maybe have three professional jurors who are representative of the community and then have the community sort of vote and all of the community's vote would maybe be equivalent to like one juror. That way there would be an input from the community, but it wouldn't um, it wouldn't really have the potential to, to maybe take things completely off the rails if people did decide they wanted to to make a practical joke out of it or, or whatever, which is entertaining, but maybe not um, our, our, our end, end goal. So that was, that was one of the ideas that we wanted the community to be able to have a voice, but also to have it be, you know, moderated by, by the presence of other jurors as well. I would, I would say, by the way, I like the idea of having a panel, a small panel, not obviously not too big, but I would, I would say in defense of the sole juror, uh, there was one year, and I know this depends on who the juror is, but there was one year where the juror, we had go from piece to piece and give a talk uh, about their experience with the artist and the work and all that stuff. And I was, I was, I was riveted by that whole thing. I mean, it was, it was really, really well done. I think that's, but that's not to say that we couldn't, you know, uh, have some piece of that or whatever with a panel. Um, and I also understand that every 
juror wouldn't have that, you know, that same thing. But but that one year, I remember that was absolutely outstanding. It was very impactful. So just tossing that out there. Is there a number that's too big, Porter? That in your experience, I mean, where where where's the? Well, I guess you have to find people to do it. Yeah, I would say you know two or three people as a as a panel is a good number because they can work efficiently. You get three different perspectives. I've sat on a lot of three member juries and panels, and you know it's a good way to go. You know, another option, too, I like what Daniel was saying, is, you know, at the end of this, one, doing a, t a live tour really is fun, although when it's 103 degrees out and you're walking six miles. Um, but, you know, you could also pull together a panel and have the three jurors with photographs talking about, you know, the, their selections and that type of thing as well. Daniel... Air conditioning? In air conditioning, yeah, like in a library if we can all gather in human form again. Um, Daniel, I, I'm not positive I understood, and forgive me if I didn't, but you know, one thing I have seen is, like you said, maybe if we get, say, 20 submissions and the jurors narrow that down to, say, three to five, and then you allow public voting, that's another way to do that. Um, and that way you've curated to a certain level and then the voting is just picking one. There's always a risk in that because you do get you know, snarky comments and things, but um, I guess there's ways to mitigate that or ameliorate it to some degree. And it yeah. is fun to engage the community, sorry. No, I, I think there's a, there's a number of ways to do it. I, I, think that, um, I think that just the basic idea of having some amount of community input and along with some amount of expert uh, panel input, the balance and how exactly it's executed, I, I, I don't have uh, a specific recommendation, but I think it's an interesting thing to explore. And I think it'll make people in general more interested in, in, in the initiative and more engaged with, with the sculptures and everything as they, as they go up. It's making the process more transparent too, which I think would be beneficial for this project. So thinking about your workload and how much we're asking you to do, Porter, we have the other, we have the grants thing and we have this sort of trying to get out, you know, what are, what are you thinking? Um, I'm looking at the timeline. I guess um, I'm going to have trouble with that early April deadline, mm -hmm. um, realistically, in part because I'm, I'm actually heading out of town, too. Um, that said, I don't know if this committee would want to take on redrafting the existing guidelines and just, you know, basically, I don't know if it's, it's, if it's a full redraft or it's just... Um, interweaving some of these um, points that would be one option mm -hmm. and then get the call out as quickly as possible I don't 
think it would be a full overhaul. I think it could be fairly easily updated and revised. The only sort of blank area from last last year's call was um, under juror it just said TBD. So we might want to consider if we want to have a little bit more explanation about that. Yeah. But otherwise, I think it'd be fairly easy to to revise and update. Yeah, I think based on the conversation we had, we were thinking that if everybody present here is, is okay with these these modifications, we could turn around and have the the call ready to go out pretty pretty quickly. And and the one thing which is kind of up in the air is the juror process, which wouldn't have to be as developed. We could we could uh, leave that a little bit vague and, and work that out um, as we identify potential jurors and and figure out if we do want to have the community component. And I don't know. You don't have to necessarily. A three three juror panel without us knowing who they are. It's that's fine, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's okay. That's I don't think you have to spell out the the details on that. I mean, you can as much as you want to. I do believe um, artists have to be eighteen years or older, mm -hmm. and I believe that's for liability purposes. As far as um, how far from. Here, you know, what I typically do is put a mile radius. So you could either say Lawrence, Douglas County, fifth, within 50 miles, I think, hits Kansas City, Topeka. You know, that, that's up to you all as to how far, how wide a net you want to cast. I do know, like our artists in Florida, there are, there are several artists that... Um, do this enough that they actually are willing to, you know, to uh, deliver their artworks from various places as they're going from place to place. So that guy in Florida, on his way through Lawrence, dropped off one artwork, and then I think he was heading up to Omaha or something. So I'm not encouraging it. I'm just saying that you know you really can't go wrong there. Oh. <sighs> Would it be helpful if I um, uh, revised the call from last year based on what we've talked about and send that to you, Porter, uh, to look over and yep. what would be what would be the the best way to proceed? That would be the most efficient way to proceed. Um, and craft it that way and then get it back to me. Like I said, I'm heading out of town, so I won't be able to get to this right away. Sure. Um, so we'll just have to adapt the schedule accordingly. But um, I, when I go back to my office tonight, I'll send you the Word doc so you don't have to reinvent any wheels. And okay. Just adapt that. That's great. I mean, our, our next meeting is April 14th, so maybe if we wanted to use a little bit of that time to just finalize all of this and approve it at that meeting and then it'd be ready to go. And that's not too far off this kind of idea of early April. Oh, I thought you meant submissions be back by early April. Um, yes, you're correct. So we'd have to adjust. Early, that. Yeah. You have mm -hmm. to give people, you typically have to give people at least a month, if not five mm -hmm. or six weeks to respond to a call. Yeah. So maybe we need to extend that because it's already March. Right. Something. <laughs> okay. But why don't you, I'll send it to you if you can go ahead and tweak it. If this is agreeable with the board, 
um, and then get it back to me and then I can take a look at it and tweak it a little further and then bring it to your committee and then we would at that point determine the timeline and move forward. Mm -hmm. That sounds good. Okay. Good. Any other comments on outdoor ODSC? I would entertain a motion to adjourn since it's uh, 10 p.m. Uh, if I may interject very, very quickly. Sure. Uh, so everybody knows if you have gone by in the Senior Resource Center and Fire Station 1 recently, Jacob Bermud's artwork and sculpture is in place. Um, he has this nice pedestal and the artwork is in place. He wants to give it, he was trying to get it in in between cold weather at that time. Um, so he's not titled it yet. He wants to let it sort of season in place and then he wants to come up with a title and then I'm, I'm working on a plaque and we're also working with the Senior Resource Center to do, create a smaller plaque that describes the relationship with the building and um, the two agencies there and something that kind of um, pays homage to the history of, of that whole place. So it's all in process, but the artwork is in place. It looks fabulous. And we got a lot of really positive comments when he was installing that. How about that motion to adjourn? make that motion to adjourn. Second. All right. All in favor, say aye. Say bye. All in favor, say bye. Bye. Thank you bye. all. Folks, thank you.